And it is 414 on Information 1000 KSOO. This is the Patrick Lawley Show, so thanks for being here, everybody. I am uh, quite pleased to have in the studio today Mr. Greg Neitzert. He, of course, is the city councilor from the Northwest District, correct? Northwest? Northwest, North- yes. Northwest, yeah, mm-hmm. which is a big district. Largest by land area, yes. It's it's gigantic because we have such outlying areas. And you, when did you first get elected? Uh, 2016, April 2016. So you're in your second year. Yes. And I, I remember when you came on, uh, when you were running for election, you had gotten very involved in the Shape Sioux Falls stuff, right? Yeah, Shape Places, the zoning ordinance. Shape Places. And I, I remember telling people, I think Greg Neitzert knows more about Shape Shape Places than anybody in city government. Well, <laughs> Certainly I don't, I, any I don't private know about that, citizen. Yeah, any private, private citizen. citizen yeah. uh, that was a big, big project. You got yourself really involved in it. Um, was that what really launched, wanted, made you want to be on the council, uh, that, that experience? Well, partly, and I had been serving on the Zoning Board of Adjustment for the last five years, going to council meetings for like the last 10, and so I, I just kind of thought, you know, it's time to take the next step. The position was opening up. Dean Karski was term limiting it out. Mm-hmm. It just Things just kind of fell into place. My daughter was a little bit older, and so I just decided, let's go for it. And uh, you, uh, h- how have you enjoyed it? Because it seems to me that you've become more comfortable. In the, in the position on the council as I watch. Do you feel that? Oh, absolutely, yeah. There's The first year, you know, you make some mistakes. You've got some, some learning curves, things like that, about sometimes getting all the facts and making sure to think before you open your mouth sometimes and about how to be more measured and diplomatic, things like that. So, yeah, I've just definitely been falling into it, and it's one of those in a work-life balance that's been huge, trying mm-hmm. to figure out how do you balance all of these things and not give too much of your time to one thing and have the others fall out of balance how much time do you think you spend a week being a counselor oh easily 20 30 hours maybe more nice part-time job right yeah yep yep not in it for the money but yeah it's, it doesn't pay real well by the hour pays better than a legislator that's yeah, what you I have to that. take from that mm-hmm. yes. and i don't have to go to pier no there you go that's what that was the next thing i was going to say um so in your time in your coming up on two years now uh what what's the thing that has really surprised you about council that you had no idea about going in? Well, you know, there's uh, maybe a number of things, but I think the maybe one of the most surprising is that you know you learn in civics class that the that the legislative body appropriates, but you know in, in our form of government you more or less kind of have the budget kind of drop on your desk, mm-hmm. and then we and then we have to go through it, and um, we have a several hundred million dollar budget, and we might want to move. $50,000 around, and there's a massive fight between us and the administration. We might be trying to tweak one-tenth of one percent of the entire budget, and even that can be a fight. So that mm-hmm. can be maybe kind of frustrating at times. And there was a big fight recently over money for nonprofits, right? Yeah, yep. There was some debate about what they should be set at in this next budget year because we're in an austere budget environment. We're going to go back and look at all of them and decide whether or not they're, quote-unquote, the role of government and how much they should get or if they should get anything. But the council put a lot of money back in, right? Yeah, they rest- uh, we did restore it back to the funding levels we had the year before. There were some cuts in there, and there were some good reasons for going one way or the other. And the decision was to reset back to the previous levels so we could have some time and go through them one by one and make our own value judgment as to who should be funded. We're here with Greg Neitzert. He is the city councilor in Sioux Falls from the Northwest District, and he is halfway through his first term. Um, so far, do you think that you're going to want to run for re-election? It's a long ways from now. You're not up for re-election in, in, eight, in 18 when some of the others are. You want to keep doing it? Uh, is it worth your time? 
Oh, it's been very rewarding. You meet so many wonderful people. You meet, you see all these wonderful nonprofits you didn't even know about. It's, it's been, on balance, it's been a wonderful experience. It's been an honor. So I would definitely consider it. Let's put it that way. Cool. So did you go hang out at the Lyft press conference today? I, I didn't. I had a prearranged lunch with a nonprofit, uh, oddly enough, so I was not able to attend. I watched the video after the fact. Yeah, what do you think? Lyft coming to Sioux Falls is a good thing? Yeah, it's pretty exciting. I I think the biggest thing we want to make sure is uh, we may need to revisit and make sure that Lyft um, and the uh, traditional taxi companies are on a level playing field mm-hmm. so that we have true competition and that because there's a lot of regulations on the traditional taxi companies. Right. They, pay, sure. they pay for licensing and they pay well, just sales taxes and all that different stuff um, because Lyft is a app essentially based somewhere else. Are you confident that you'll be able to collect the taxes and fees that are necessary? Well, you know, they so they will pay sales tax and they, they will remit it to the state. So mm-hmm. I, I don't, and, and the State Department of Revenue will take care of all that. We essentially will just get a check for our cut. So sure. I, really that's Department of Revenue function. So I think that'll be fine. The biggest thing I think from the taxi company's perspective is that they have employees. So they have to pay workers' compensation mm-hmm. and benefits and all that other stuff. Whereas the Lyfts and the Ubers of the world, they have independent contractors so they don't pay any of that. They're, if you drive for Lyft or Uber, you're not an employee. So there's a lot of overhead one has that the other doesn't. And I, I know that's where a lot of the argument and sort of you know, disagreement is. Did you know this was coming today? Uh, I had a strong inclination. Not necessarily today, but that, yeah. that an announcement like this was coming. Well, what's a strong inclination? Like, well, I, you didn't know? You did know? I mean, I just don't know. Did did everybody know is my question or how did that work did every- there's a press conference today that's the only reason i asked yeah yeah no i i had i had heard that there was at least some work or negotiation going on behind the scenes you hear a lot of things as a city councilor you know that they may that there may be a private citizen that's working on it and i knew that that was going on yeah. and that there was some people maybe in the administration that were working on it so i wasn't i wasn't really surprised yeah in this in this case um and i it's a greg lafollette you know yeah, yeah. Greg LaFollette, he did do a, work, a lot of work on it. He seemed to really be driving the ship here more than anybody, right? Yeah, I wasn't involved in it, but I, I understand he was a big champion of it. And I'm, I know Christine Erickson, it sounds like she was, yeah. you know, she was definitely instrumental in it. So, Well, we look forward to I've been asking everybody this today. Uh, so if you were a Lyft driver, what's your theme? I, I think we should have themed Lyft drivers. Okay, Scott Hudson, he's my weird friend, was on. His is going to be like, you know, punk Lyft, rock and roll Lyft, uh, Kelsey. You know, she, well, she's going to like golf Either lift. game show lift game show or lift. debate lift. Debate lift. That's right. Mm. Debate, drive and debate. That was hers. If, you, if, you, if you're going to be a lift driver, what you would be all municipal politics? Uh, computer geek. There you go. We, we talk techie stuff. Oh, yeah. That's, that's a good one. That's my full-time job, yeah. So I'd probably teach about bits and bytes and things or something. I think there's a market for that. Yeah, it's you, pretty riveting <laughs> when I tell people about it. They, yeah. No, but you never know. People want to get a themed lift. You know, mm. I, I'm going to make this happen. I feel okay. like we're going to have a, yeah. like a whole range of these deals. I have to admit, I've been many places. I have never t- used Uber or Lyft. I've, uh, so I just started and because I was skeptical. I'm like, uh, I had to go bad on me once in Nashville. Just couldn't get it to work. And then I was in Denver, and uh, the guy, we saw he was coming. He was getting close. He was getting close. And then he just turned around and went the other way. <laughs> just had to get another Uber, but that's the way it goes. Um, so you see this as a good thing for Sioux Falls. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. More competition, and uh, that, that's always a good thing. So, And it's technology. Let's do it. 
So let's talk about the event center for just a minute. You, I saw this earlier today, and it's just coincidence that you were coming in today. Uh, you published on Facebook and gave me a copy here, this event center timeline, and it is extensive. Um, tell, tell me, why did you want to do this? Why did you want to put together an entire timeline? Well, I've been trying to put the puzzle together for a while, and we had a large data dump from the city a week ago. And I, I had all these bits and pieces, and for my, myself to try to reconstruct what happened and to answer questions for myself and others, the best way I figured was to try to put a timeline together instead of having all these pieces to f- try to figure out sequentially what happened, who knew what, when, all those different things. And doing this was really helpful for myself, and I thought... You know, this is kind of helpful. Let's put it out there. And uh, and as I noted in there, there's nothing that's confidential or from, you know, it, it's all public record. So right. there's nothing that nothing that could, you just heard in a back see. corner of a city hall or anything. No, no. So I was very careful to make sure it's all public record. I can cite public documents. Did you learn anything by doing it? I mean, you said it was helpful, but did you just like, you know what? I never really realized that until I put these in a row. Oh, absolutely. The, I, there was a couple of things that stuck out. The first part was that the first indication that there was an issue with the panels was really <laughs> right out of the gate, mm-hmm. you know, like early in 2013, because the panels going on the west radius, which is really the huge issue, right. the curved wall, yep. didn't start until about February of 14. And back in April or so of 2013, they were doing the panels on the other walls, and that, that's when the construction started on the panels. And they were noted by the contractor to be defective even right off the pallets. If you were reading the letter that they looked wavy or they looked, they were oil canning, as they call it, which is kind of a ripple effect. Mm-hmm. And apparently the manufacturer of the panels came out, said, yep, they're bad. They made new ones. They send new ones, new ones out. And then the contractor said, no, these are still don't look right going on the building. And so you have... I, and I'm, I'm just inferring what I can from right. bits and pieces. But you see this letter and then you don't see anything in t- for almost a year yeah. to where the letter the city issues their non-conformance letter their official letter saying that we don't agree with these panels and we these don't conform and i kind of wonder what was going on for a year I'm, it, besides the fact that we're continuing to put more and more panels on that apparently were problematic from the get-go if i'm to read into this what i see so the question i think that everybody has is there's enough um information in that data dump to suggest that everybody knew it was a problem. It, nobody was keeping it secret, right? Well, the first mention publicly apparently was... No, I don't mean publicly. I mean behind the scenes. The, the companies knew... Oh, I've, so you mean all of the different parties? Yeah. Yeah, obviously. I mean, all of the letters have everybody CC'd on it. Everybody was well aware that there were problems very early on. All of the, you know, that includes the city, who was the owner, the architect, Coke Hazard. You know, that includes uh, Dawson, who was the subcontractor, Mortensen, the contractor. All of them were aware that there was panel issues. It's not like anybody was hiding anything from anyone or the no. city was ignorant of the fact. Obviously, everybody was on notice, but I guess. Si- so somebody in the city had to sign off and say, yep, keep going, right? I... I I would guess. I mean, the city has the power to say that the work is non-conforming, or to say we're not going to write you a check because the work is non-conforming. So I. I but again, I don't know what went on for the, all these months. But that's right. a huge open question: is what went on for almost a year before we finally raised the flag and said, "No, not good enough." And it's because we, and that's what we don't know. We don't know. Clearly, somebody in in the city, because everybody knew, somebody had to say, "Yep." Just keep going. It's fine. We'll deal with it. It doesn't look right, but we'll deal with it because it's too expensive to fix it. 
you know, I so that's where we're taking a leap because, and I don't know that we're ever necessarily going to get an answer to this. Yeah. I don't know what what I don't know is it could have been something. Was it something where, as an owner, you trust your architect or your mm-hmm. builder, and mm-hmm. they say, "Hey, it's fine, or we'll get it fixed, we'll take care of it, don't worry about it." And that, I mean, that could be valid. Yeah, you don't trust your experts, or right. or did somebody say? You know, let's just keep going because of timelines or whatever. I have no clue, and I don't want to speculate. Um, We're going to talk a little bit more about this when we come back after the news with Dan Peters. We're speaking with Greg Neitzert. He is a city councilor from the Northwest District. This is the Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000 KSOO. Hi, this is Chad McKenzie from the Main Street Cafe. Just want to let you know there's no smoking in the cafe. 